Welcome back to Beards and Brews. Hey, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and hit that bell. Not only does it help us out, you'll know exactly when we have another one brewing. This week's movie, Crocodile Dundee. All right, yeah. fellas, what do you think about this uh, shrimp out of the Barbie? This, believe it or not, and I, I say this a lot, but this was the first time that I'd seen this movie. Like, I know, like, I'd seen it around whenever I was growing up. It was like a known commodity. This is the first time <laughs> I sat down and just gave it a genuine watch. And it was, I can confirm, a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely one of those, those, those features you hear about. Look, this has April O'Nipple. Oof. And Australia man, the man. These two people fall in love for real on camera. Was they it? got married, just so y'all know. Did they really? Uh, huh. Yes. Well, good for okay. that. Maybe that kind of makes sense because, like, I don't know, during the last half of this movie, because there's no middle act, like, the acting just kind of stopped. Like, you can definitely tell, like, what's her name? Actor. Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan. But, like, towards the end, they were no longer acting when they were in the room together. Yeah, yeah, they were just doing stuff and being together. Yeah. Yeah, once you get toward the end when you're in, like, that little family dinner or whatever and they start interacting a little bit, you start seeing, like, those mannerisms from um, the proto-Virginia Madsen character where she's just, like, <laughs> you see her, like, giving him the up and down just, like, constantly. Like, mm -hmm. she'll, with her eyes, will go down to his mouth and then back up to his eyes. And, like, that's either really good acting or that's, like, legit, I want you in me. <laughs> no, 100%. Like, she knew exactly how many crocodile teeth was in his head. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh, did you bang her, Mick? Can't smell your fingers, <laughs> Mick. Fucking, that was amazing. Like, my own little headcan was just like, you know what? When he comes back, he's going to get off that plane like the Beatles. Everybody are yep. uh, going to be clapping, cheering up a storm. And he just, just Dude, like, thumbs up. It's a fish out of water story. Yeah. With just genuine love story in the second act which to me even to this day i'm fine with it it happens i end up chuckling a few times but did it age well god no no not at all no, wow. it didn't. given the production like, it doesn't look cheap it looks pretty good even with the quality that i had like it kind of feels like a tv movie yeah from what i've heard this was made on the super cheap and it just came out of nowhere and did like bonkers at the box office right bonkers yeah i think so it made like an ass ton of money but it still has that like underlying feeling of like the saturday night special movie mm -hmm. yeah anytime that i've seen this like on or it just being on it was just constantly on like tbs or tnt whenever i was a kid so we're talking early to mid 90s it was just constantly one of those television movies that i just never settled on like, uh, do you remember TNT or TBS or whatever, like we were saying? Oh, yeah, sure. It would be like, tonight on TBS, Paul Hogan is Crocodile Dundee, the ruggedly fuckable poacher. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> speaking of that, like, this movie starts off with Paul Hogan in. I'm like, as an American audience member in 1980-whatever, mm -hmm. I've never fucking heard of this guy. And he is just like, boom, big old text. I'm like, oh, is that? Yeah? Is yeah. that Hulk Hogan's brother? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it did him no favors because as a giant fan of this movie, even until I was in my 20s, he was just Crocodile Dundee. Like, right. I didn't give a fuck what his real name was. Even his name in the movie kind of makes no sense. It's just like, Mick Crocodile Dundee. Like, he pronounces his own, like, in parentheses name, like you'd find on Wikipedia. Michael J. Crocodile Dundee, a.k.a. Mick. A.k.a. Yeah, so. Dundee, a.k.a. I don't know, the fuckable Outback guy. Whatever you want to call me, as long as it's not a poacher. Wink. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm a poacher, all right. <laughs> ah, poacher. I hardly know her. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this movie okay. is the tale of Mick Dundee. It's about a guy who's so Australian that he can't Australian anymore. And nope. Crocs can't eat him. Women can't resist him. And by God, even in the big city, he's so fucking charming. Drag queens want to fuck him. Like, he literally grabbed life by the balls. Was that life? <laughs> Is that what that was? That was, that was his name. Her name. So let's set the stage. This is about 
this is about a journalist first and foremost this is about a journalist who was like hey there's some crazy shit going on with this guy up in australia somebody said a crocodile bit his leg half off and he crawled out of the bush for 10 days uh to get back to wherever what is it like uh walkabout creek to get back home yes and she was just like, ah, irony, a man with no leg living in walkabout. I must fuck that man. <laughs> what I lost in leg, I make up for in dick. <laughs> <laughs> they call me old fucking decadile old man. I don't know. It's, all, it's all right that I lost my it's all right that I lost my leg. I had three to begin with. <laughs> he didn't even eat crutches, I hear. Oh fuck. Uh, but that's the movie, uh, right? That's like he's built this entire i'll just call it a scheme because it's not really a personality yes. he's kind of built his own little tourist attraction around himself right. she gets one of it yeah. she flies all the way to sydney a la wherever else australia and she helicopters in like the beginning of mash oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah dude whenever she steps out walt's there like oh mick's gonna have a failed day with this one <laughs> and of course fuck dude his goes- buddies creeper for fuck's sakes yes at least at least with paul hogan and the uh crocodile dundee character he's a creep for fucking sure but he's got the pizzazz to sell it you know what i don't think paul hogan as crocodile dundee in this movie is a creep because you see him like you know moving forward the whole like oh i'm gonna get a but then like when it's totally uncomfortable he's like all right mate you know what i'm not a fucking moron maybe i'll just talk to this other broad she's cheeky I'm I'm going way too British. I need to drop that down to the Southern Hemisphere a little bit, I think. Australian to Cockney. Yeah. Yeah, so he does have, like, a little handler fellow. His name's Walter or Mr. Riley. Everybody's got multiple names in this. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just khaki, man. He's been yeah. wearing those khaki shorts for, I don't know, <laughs> all of 32 years. He looks like he should have a fucking emu farm. <laughs> <laughs> they, they lost the battle but won the war. Oh. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo ate my baby. Oh! <laughs> oh! Good job, sir. You can't <laughs> just throw that out. K.O. All right, so she's going down to this village or whatever to see what is up with this crocodile Dundee guy. She's hanging out there a little bit. He kind of comes off a little bit weird, doesn't he? Like, he comes well, off like, is this guy for real or is this guy just, like, making shit up? Listen, Mick doesn't even come off like a main character when he shows up. He's just in the movie. Like, he doesn't really walk through a door. He's like, oh, there's, a, there's my knife. Oh, by the way, I got a croc. I'm Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the guy. Ow, oh, the title makes so much sense now. Yeah, you can't confuse him. There's no way. Because as soon as he introduced, what's your name? Dundee, what you got there? Crocodile <laughs> Two and two. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah no you, kidding. He's what Joe Exotic would be if Joe Exotic were straight. Or if he wasn't such a piece of shit. Because, like, I, <laughs> I assume Crocodile Dundee is at least to some degree a piece of shit. He's probably yeah. not quite to that degree, you know? This guy just, like, throws a knife into a bar just for fun, smacks a waitress on the ass. He's not doing anything... <laughs> You know, anything too bad yet. We'll get there, though. He's poaching. I mean, allegedly. Allegedly, right? Yeah, and, like, at the end of it, he kind of threw it all away for, like, you know, a good New York slice. Yeah. And just so you guys know, retroactively, in Crocodile Dundee 2, he's fishing with dynamite. He's poaching. I mean, it's faster. I mean, he's just efficient Dundee now. Right. <laughs> or he's going for like a full brand redo, like Dynamite Dundee. Look at me! Oh Ooh, my that, God, yes, that's a good one. That's for when uh, he switches from WWF to WCW. <laughs> yep, yep. Ladies and gentlemen, Dynamite Dundee, and he comes out, and it's the exact same outfit, but it's a <laughs> techno fucking uh, didgeridoo, hundred percent. I am absolutely sold. Give it, give it to me. Sign me up. Now, like, a lot of this movie, to me, spoilers, I guess, falls a little flat, but, like, I really kind of enjoyed, like, this whole bar scene because it wasn't, like, actors. I mean, they might have been extras, but, like, they just felt like the guys. He was just going around, just fucking about, screwing with everybody. And there's, like, this big dude, this big old bloke. He's like, oh, Mick, you better fight me. Don't punch the poachers. And he's just like, all right, I'm going (laughs) to square up. 
and he fucking kisses him. And that's the <laughs> biggest laugh this movie got out of me. And it was right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just a kisser. He's a hugger and a kisser. He goes up to both the waitresses there, starts squeezing up on him, kissing up on him. Motorboating him. He's just a man with a lot of love to give, I guess. Got a hold on, though. <laughs> <What>? Yes, okay. <laughs> But no, he he was having a good time back there with old uh, bushwhackers. <laughs> oh, dude, yes, yes. Luke and Butch were there. They were licking heads and slamming Fosters. Fosters. And it's like the movie goes out of its way to show like Fosters is in fact Australian for beer. Like <laughs> fucking outside the pub, there's a giant. It's not even a sign. It's just a banner that they had to put up because it's in the movie. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and do it. Fuck it. Why wait? Why wait, guys? It's Foster's. It's Australian for beer. What I've got today is Foster's Premium. That's the green can edition, old mate. Now that's a beer. Yep, that's a beer. It's not very good, but it's yeah. a beer. Blow the, blow the foam off one, eh? This is a lager, 5.5% alcohol by volume, and this is a big-ass can, too. 25.4 fluid ounces. This is as much a beer as this movie is a movie. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, all right, cool. It, it's literally like an Australian version of Sam Jackson. Mm. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> yep. I'm like a fucked up pirate in Sam Jackson. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that was the Green Can Fosters, the premium edition, and it's still it's not good, guys. Well, speaking. Of... <laughs> so. The next day, the whole idea is she wants to go out to where the croc bit him in the leg, which we find out it was just a love nibble. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in fact, the boat that he eventually shows her after probably, I don't know, what, six days of trekking for whatever reason, it just looked like, you know, took a little, you know, a little bite. Just a little like, yoink, yep, not my flavor. See you later, pal. Please don't stab me in the head later on. Thanks. Oh, no. He's getting his fucking revenge for ruining his goddamn Barramundi gun hunting fishing trip is this revenge is this what that is i always took it as crocodile dundee was out poaching and got attacked oh but he didn't want to own up to it mm. i mean that sounds super likely actually all i'm thinking is like if he didn't wind up like stabbing that croc in the head i kind of pictured a scene very reminiscent of happy gilmore when he just rips off that cover is like hey chubs i got his head and he just falls in the traffic <laughs> i See, like it See, I'm getting, like, Life Aquatic vibes. He wants to uh, go back and get the jaguar shark that killed his friend. Except instead of killing his friend, he just, like, nibbled on his boat. Do you think the boat was was bitten or chewed? Swallowed. (laughs) Just the whole ass boat. That's where where the croc shattered out. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So they take this trip out to the bush, and he's, he's making up stories here or there. Like, um, no, his, his hype man is the one who's making up stories, and... Crocodile Dundee himself is like, well, you know, I don't even remember what all he said, but he's like toning it down a little bit. <laughs> like, you're not far off because like I started to this fucking days off into the distance, too, because like, there's all this bullshit. And I was just like, I get it. It's fine. And like every once in a while, the camera would come to make and He'd be like, yeah, it's right. Yep. He's 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 right. He's my historian. Don't worry yep. about it. He talks about how he's been out in the bush so long. He doesn't keep track of time or how old he is, his birthday or anything like that. And crocodile dundee is just like well no you know i just got tossed around from relative to relative when i was young just kind of lost track that kind of thing nothing serious probably about 41 i don't know now with this part of the movie to me this is where the charm starts to sit in mick is doing all these tarzan style things but he's not doing them in a tarzan style way so he basically scams her right in the beginning whenever he sets off with her solo he checks Walt's watch, looks yeah. at the sky in front of her and goes, ah, oh, about 220. Yeah. She checks her watch and is like, wow, he's so good. And Walt just goes, yeah, he's the fucking best, bro. And, and <laughs> that was a good one. Scamming ladies. That was a good one. And you know what? Like, the movie lays that on pretty thick. Like, you know, we get this, like, little bit of, like, high jinkery, whatever. But it never really, like, comes around. And, like, like, I don't think she ever finds out, you know, like, to be honest, she probably didn't care. She's like, yeah, I am here for that. To be fair, he's not, like, all grifter. Like, he's definitely, to a degree, a grifter. But he's, like, you know, he's got some skills. He's out there putting, like, bulls to sleep in the middle of the road with his little, like, 
hand motion thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's doing some shit, and he can stab a croc in the head. I love how like that whole whatever fucking thing he did with his hand is so synonymous with this movie. But in hindsight, it didn't even alleviate the situation. Like it's still in the middle exactly. of the fucking road yeah. in the way. <laughs> they just ignore okay. that. It's like uh, we'll go around. You want to hear the worst thing? I've seen this movie so many fucking times, and until I watched it for this podcast, I didn't even care. I was like, oh, that's cool. I watched it today and went, this shit's still in the fucking road. Did they just, like, drive over him then? Was he so knocked out that, you know, he was just okay with getting run over? Yeah. Oh, I'm not a poacher. (laughs) It just drives right through it. It's just the tires spinning, ripping it to shreds as he goes over, and it's just like, to shreds, you say. can't do anything. Oh, like that poor animal's dreaming, and that reporter lady is just like deep in love with Mick, just looking at him. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's like trying to like... work the gas and the gear shift, like, yes. fuck it, come on. <laughs> and she's just like, da, 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 da. Uh, and the harder he's pushing the gas, the more raging his heart on gets. <laughs> his vest flies off, the buttons go everywhere. <laughs> exactly. All the teeth in his hat are standing straight up, it's frilled out like a peacock. Now you're getting it. All right, so next thing you know, Mr. Riley, his little assistant, is dropping them off to be alone in the bush together. If anybody's going to be alone in the bush, you know who... You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Oh, no? so it, he wants to be alone in her bush. I, I gotcha. Uh, I yeah, sex. They're going to sex. <laughs> Just verb. <laughs> <laughs> but she's got a guy back home, and he is obviously just like a grifter. Why is she being so flirty just immediately? Because the fucking dude he has at home is just girly man. Like, fuck that dude. dude. Is he girly man? I thought he was just have like cocaine seen... businessman. <laughs> Possibly. But have you seen Paul Hogan? Fuck, I was going to fuck this dude. He had me in his pocket. What are you talking okay. about? <laughs> All right. He's got uh, that little like hand trick working on Brady. Yeah, like insert yourself in the other role. This lady ends up literally marrying him in real life because this man is that ridiculously charming. I mean, maybe we just have different types. I don't know. He's he's just not for me. I'm sorry. Nothing nothing turns me on more than a man who looks like a leather couch. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the same patina as his vest. <laughs> that that's what we're gonna put on that's what we're gonna put on the Beards and Brews t shirts. That quote right there. By the way, subscribe. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, they're like wandering around the forest, the bush, if you will. And they have these like little, I don't know, they're basically a couple at this point, but they have these like little moments where just like, ah, little Sheila, you can't go out there. They, you don't even have a gun. Don't shoot me. <laughs> you know? All right. <laughs> little couple quarrels at that point. Yes, already. And she's known him for 30 fucking minutes and she's already in love, moved in, and they know each other's habits better than anyone you've ever met in your life that is literally what's happening at this point and she's like well i'll show you mick and wanders off to go get eaten by a crocodile but this is ingrained in my mind (laughs) i bet it is this whole bit with her taking off her clothes into that fucking singlet side boob thong bikini Fucking style you know what's great about that isn't like you know the obvious sex appeal but the fact that you can see Paul Hogan look at her just like all the guys watching the movies. He's just like, ooh. You it's, know? Like he's, it's like he's looking at all of us and is like, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and just at the bottom in like bold text, gratuitous butt shot. Yeah, exactly. I love the depiction of raw excitement they use with Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan is sneaking a peek and he's underneath this log and she bends over. And he loses the best view, and he goes to raise up to continue to be able to see the best bits yeah. and bonks his fucking head on the log. He's clearly close to her, and he knocks himself silly. And in the background, she never hears, like, the... Yeah. <gasps> or, or, or the thump or anything. By the way, I'm only going to talk about this once, but it is a lingering thing while she is in Australia. She does not sweat. She has perfect hair the entire time. She has makeup on. She has earrings on. And she is wearing basically what you would go to a wine tasting in Sonoma Valley. She is (laughs) not prepared for this at all. That's actually a really good point because as I was watching, I kind of felt like, man, shouldn't she be like a little bit more of a fucking bitch? You know, shouldn't she be whining about how hot it is and how ridiculous it is out there? But no, she's just like, whew, man, 
Can't wait to fuck this guy. <laughs> yes. Dude, it's so ridiculous. And every time there's a scene that shows, okay, so he saves her from the crocodile, runs up the tree, kachoom, stabs a knife in her head while it's trying to grab her by this canteen. The scene did not age well, but the moment of them bonding afterwards is creepily real. Like, it's fucking odd looking because it's it's just like two people. It doesn't feel like acting. It's really weird. But there is that one thing that had me laughing because it came out of left field almost literally. They're, you know, it's dark now. They're around the campfire. They're just talking, living it up, having a good time. And Paul Hogan's just walking around like, yep, this is the outback. Uh, there's just a snake over here. Hang on. <laughs> Dispatched. Yes. Just to, okay, it's like uh, he takes care of that snake like Arnold Schwarzenegger did in Kindergarten Cop when he snaps the pencil. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> So after saving her from the croc, they're sitting around the campfire, like you said, and dispatching snakes and just being uber fucking manly still. Suddenly, guess what? There's a fellow. He hears a noise. And you get a lean on the professional moment where a knife just appears under some fellow's neck. And guess what? It's an aborigine. I do kind of like this scene. Uh, this guy just like sneaks up and he's like staring. And then you just see the knife. And it's just like, oh, my dude, what are you doing here? Uh, this is my buddy. Why are you creeping, though? You you trying to catch a peek? Yeah, let- <laughs> yes, absolutely. I thought he was going to be frank about it, too. Be like, oh, Mike, I just came to see this fucking ass you saw earlier. <laughs> well, they kind of do. He says, why are you interrupting the man when he's trying to round first base? And he goes, ah, is that what you're doing? <laughs> oh, I I heard that is first aid. Oh. Oh, was it first aid? Yeah, because he... She had like a scrape or something on her ass from earlier, and he was like, Let me take a look at that. Oh. Render okay. first aid, not round yeah, yeah. first base. Mm. Gotcha. To be honest, the whole time I was just thinking, like, Why is everybody so cool about this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, there's another line from their little get together that I kind of love. She's a journalist. She's got a, a camera and everything. She wants to take his picture because he's, you know, this Aboriginal gentleman that's, you know, He's got the makeup and everything on. And he's like, no, you can't take my photo. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, because you think it's going to steal your soul? No, because you left the lens cap on. That was a good line. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the one uh, a little bit later whenever she goes, Mick, I can't believe it. That crocodile was going to eat me alive. I mean, he just so nonchalantly <laughs> goes, that not crossed my mind the time or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, All right, Mick, you smooth bastard. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But like the guy that showed up, he's like, I, I want to take a peek. Nah, not really. Me and the mates are going to go fucking hang out and just paint ourselves. You want to go play white devil, white devil? <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Sounds like a right good time. Let's all do it then. Because women are forbidden. They're strictly taboo. I don't and know. Then... It looked like a good time. They were just like stomping <laughs> about some like fucking sweet beats. Dude, For real, though. no joke. That's in my notes. I wrote down straight up looks like a fucking hell of a good time like these dudes are just shoot shoot just doing whatever and yeah. having a great time stomping in some fairly warm ash well hell they could have had her join just for the hell of it just for movie's sake you know she could just awkwardly walk around like ah bumblebee tuna whatever <laughs> it didn't matter like you know <laughs> she starts she starts approaching the campfire and somebody with a didgeridoo starts like blowing no 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 <laughs> <laughs> But, like, in its replacement, we get a scene where, like, you know, she sneaks up on the party or whatever, and she's got her camera, and she's taking all these great pictures. She's panning across all these fellas, having a good time, and Mickey's just there, just like, there you are. I see ya. Yes. Well, you're done. Oh, <laughs> oh no, Hannibal. <laughs> it's it's a really weird moment, because he's so in touch with everything that he sees her, and she addresses this later. Mick, are you telepathic? Nah. You're just a Sheila. <laughs> she just mm-hmm. goes, oh, you put two and two together. He goes, yep, you're going to blow me or what? <laughs> <laughs> Not now, but maybe later. But they do have a little, like, uh, <laughs> even after that, they have a little, what, like, Blue Lagoon scene. They get to this pond, and he's like, oh, this is mineral water. You know what that means? It means there's no crocs here. That means we can go swimming, and uh, hopefully you'll get naked. It's mineral water here at yeah. Alexandria Falls, where you and three lucky people could win a trip to Floston Paradise. Wow! Amazing. A three-day, four-night adventure featuring swimming and crocs and stabbing things. 
<laughs> with your own personal crocodile dundee and that's what this is it's like such a tourism ad mm-hmm. I mean, it's working. I, well kind of like once more like i don't know if it was the quality of the movie that i had but like the water just looked like full of stuff i was like ah that's like where covid came from or something i mean <laughs> maybe, maybe hepatitis i don't know about covid Fucking something's gonna creep up her out back you know oh <laughs> Oh. One of those little spiny fish parasite things that oh, smell no. urethra. It's one of those like really long the... worms they have to pull out with tweezers. Ooh. Ooh. Either way, Mixer's gonna rip that thing out and snap it like a snake. Probably eat it too. <laughs> he just frying shit up, making her eat all that junk, and he's got like a can <laughs> of fucking beans. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that, and I like how it comes back a little bit later. The uh, yeah, you can live on it, but it tastes like shit. All yeah, the other they, fellas they love it, and she's like. Eh. <laughs> she's uh she got all these little isms that she develops throughout the movie with mick that recycle which helps to i guess build that idea that there is a relationship going yeah it gives them a little bond a yeah little bit, yeah but it's it, like we said earlier at this point you know just before we get to new york it does feel weird because you know it does feel more real and the movie's idea is that like they're not quite there yet but you look at them you're like yeah they're fucking like already oh Dude, yes. Like, whenever they did the mineral water lake scene, they were nude. So you knew they were like, you can film from up there. We're going to bang on the beach, and then we'll, we'll let you know when we're done. Yeah, I mean, might as well, right? We're already here. Uh, oh, man. You know? But she does oh. say, like, during all this, like, hey, I'm going to go back to New York tomorrow. You should come with me, you know, for the story. Wink. Ah, join the old Mile Eye Club. Oh, man. <laughs> Mile Eye. <laughs> I was just like, boy. Willy, 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 Willy. <laughs> <laughs> little bit of the old ultraviolet on these crocodiles, eh? I'm going to give it all in, out, in, out. <laughs> oh, the old onesie, twosie. <laughs> all right, so that is not the right accent at all. Uh, <laughs> Australia, get at us. How badly this has degenerated. <laughs> yeah. So we're done with one fish out of water experience that being the american journalist from new york in the australian outback let's change places chandler made a observation earlier before the cast where he said this was like watching two episodes of a tv series and now he has forever ingrained that in my brain and there is no better way to describe this if you're a listener this is two episodes of a series that goes no further I mean, I Absolutely. guess there is a Crocodile Dundee 2. I haven't seen that yet, but maybe that's episodes 3 and 4. We'll see. <laughs> well, that goes with like what I said earlier as well. Like, There's no middle act. Like, nope. The script flips. He's in New York, and I get he's out of his element, but I don't know if it was written that way or like Paul Hogan's idea was just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to be stupid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like he's wandering around the airport. Like he's in the future or something? Like he just missed like 200 years of human evolution and he's just like oh what's this moving stairs that's and, fucking weird and i'll tell you this like, is there's kind of a, a disposition here that is really interesting to me because back when they were in australia this could be literally any time this could be today even though it's you know out in the middle of nowhere no civilization more or less yeah. that could be today but when you go to new york you were immediately reminded that this is the middle of the 1980s oh yeah there's someone out there who's already made this on YouTube, but like the way this movie fades from Australia to New York is just shot a plane taken off. Boom, World Trade Center. Yikes. Yes, it's more, and you'll get more of that too, uh, of the New York tourism thing. Like whenever he's drunk later and gets dropped off at the fucking Times Square. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoy, though, that he does come up with a line about New York. He's like, oh, come on, mate. Can't be that bad. Seven million people all wanting to live together. Must be the friendliest ice on earth. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Something else good that's coming up. We got Gus, the limo driver, Carl fucking Winslow. Yes. Chauffeur Winslow. I don't even know why my brain didn't compute it at first. Like, as soon as I saw him driving, I was like, ah, it's just a bloke, whatever. Yeah. And then he, like, turns around and looks at Mick. I was like, what? What is he doing? Is that what happened after he shot that kid? <laughs> yeah. Because he's got to be in everything inside of a car. This is his famous thing is turning around from the front seat and looking at the camera in the back. Maybe he's a really good driver, like in real life. I don't know. I just like a little bit of like switcheroo. Like he's no longer Sergeant Winslow. He's actually Argyle from Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
He's mixing mm-hmm. things up. But there's a line. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? There's a line. What tribe are you from? Yeah. Yes. And you know what's fucking ridiculous about that? He was right. What was he? I... Yes, because fucking yeah. later on in the movie, chauffeur Winslow yanks the boomerang off his car, comes standard by the way, hucks it at a guy, and he's just like, "Oh, well, mate, he was from a tribe," and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm from so and so." He's like, "Right, right, right." Like I Next know scene. that that I know that that was in the movie. <laughs> Next scene. I... I know that that actually appeared in the movie because I watched it, but I refuse to believe that that like 40 seconds of this film is canon. Fair. Well, speaking of things that like, you know, get a little silly. So like he's in New York and she has like some kind of like thing to go to. So she leaves him to his devices at the apartment and, you know, he can't sit still. He's got to go outside. Mm -hmm. Sure. And the movie decides to be like, hey, do you know what would be great to prove that he's such a fish out of water? Let's just have him walk against the grain of traffic on the sidewalk for fucking 10 minutes. That, yep. You would have had the same effect out of that scene in 30 seconds of it, as opposed to the literal 10 minutes of film it takes up. It almost <laughs> reminds me of how Survivor Man gets shot with Lee Shroud. He just puts the camera mm-hmm. down, and then he has to walk all the way back, then all the way towards the camera again. Like, the bad thing is, like, yeah, that's the joke, but it doesn't lead to anything. What it leads to is, like, he climbs up on top of, like, a street sign, trying to look, you know, directional to see what's all around and whatnot. You got a horseback cop there who's like, hey, what's this bloke doing? And all that happens, he walks him back to the hotel on his on his little horse. I feel like there's, like, a missing scene, like, a missing yeah. reel. Because, like, through the whole movie, like you said, Brady, he's charming. I kind of want to see, like, where he talked to the cop. The cop's like, ah, you're all right, buddy. Let's just go. Is that a knife? Ah, you're cool. Whatever. Yeah, there's absolutely yeah. a missing scene there. Because there's nothing between he, him climbing up that pole and him going back to the hotel on horseback. Just for the fans, gentlemen, let's act out this missing scene. Let's be Paul Hogan and cop. <laughs> I am Paul Hogan. I am distracted there is too much traffic i must climb up to get a better view oh crikey i don't know how i get back to me fucking hotel from here how am i going to get that sweet 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 poon i came all the way to new york for (laughs) horse retorts hold on i'm pooping in the street hey i'm pooping here hey i'm pooping here excuse me mr purple man on the on the police horse there can you help me get back to my hotel room? Because I'm so fucking dashing. Look at my smile. Hey, shiny, hey, shiny. Y- you got a knife there. What's that knife for? A knife for spoony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, scratch this. <laughs> totally, because like, I feel like the only reason why this thing is cut the way it is, is just so we can just have like a weird reaction shot of that Nazi guy from Indiana Jones, just like looking at him, leave the hotel and come back like five minutes later. Hmm. Fair enough. Is that the same guy? I don't know. He looks meltable. <laughs> oh, that that guy. No, not the same guy. I had, no. Close Close your eyes. Don't look directly at the fucking knife. It's too big. He's like, what? <laughs> it's a very large... <laughs> Doesn't he wind up with that knife at the end of the movie just for whatever the fuck reason? Yeah, he does. Because he's that cool, that's why. So he gets back to the hotel and he's like, all right, officer, thanks for the lift. Did you know bidets are for your asshole? Good day. Walks inside. It's for washing your backside, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it dwelled on it as long as it did. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Like, this is an hour and 40, and it legitimately could have been, like, a solid 57 minutes. But can we talk about the one thing that absolutely worked? I was like, you know, he goes into the apartment. Everything's fancy-schmancy, whatever. He's not used to it. But he sees the TV. He's like, oh, I seen one of these with my uncle. He turns it on. It's like, I love Lucy. He's like, yeah, that's what it looked like. It just turns yeah. it right the fuck back off like enough. <laughs> yeah, he just did his yeah. investigatory thing. Yep, that was it. Yeah, but in the evening, that's when he finally meets the lady. Does she have a name? She's basically the main character in this movie, aside from Crocodile Dundee himself. And I don't know her name. Sheila. Jane? Yes, Sheila. Sheila. Let's go with Sheila. We meet Sheila's man, who is just kind of an asshole, right? Like, they go out to dinner, and he's just like, oh, New York is no place for a country gent like you. I bet you don't even, you know, have anything to eat here. Sorry we don't have any kangaroo or possum steaks or anything like that. I'm a dick. (laughs) Yeah. And Crocodile Dundee immediately goes, 
Oh, what are they eating? And every time he punches somebody, <laughs> it's the sound of a shotgun going off. <laughs> Dude, it's the Indiana Jones hits. Like, I know what happened, yeah. but I don't know how it happened. Like, he so stealthily knocked this guy the fuck out that I missed it. Poorly shot, because, like, <laughs> they shoot him from behind his shoulder, so you don't see his arm move. So mm-hmm. he's basically just like, hey, look, a distraction. Yeah. Like, Whoa, that's fucking weird. He fell over. Ah, uh, must not be able to handle his drinks, right? Yeah, we gotta get him home. I mean, while his nose is under his eyeball, man, he can't fucking drink. <laughs> right. So he fucking knocks this dude out, and they're like, oh, I guess we gotta call it an early night, Nick. Get up early. We got things to do. He goes, I, I really wanna bang you, and I thought we were gonna bang. Who the fuck is this dude? Whatever. I'm gonna go get drunk with a cabbie. <laughs> and this cabbie dude is a fucking hero, bro. He, he totally know is. Nick. First of all, I love that Mick made a best friend. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Two, Cabby is one of the best wingmen I have ever seen. Yeah, like not only does he join you for a drink, he lets you know when the girl that's hitting on you happens to have a penis. He was very serious about that too. Mm-hmm. Not the Cabby telling Mick, but once Mick found out, he's like, oh, grab. Dude, <laughs> dude. Okay, so Mick in this movie, Mr. Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee, is the most carefree, loving individual. Never a negative thing to say. And he finds out that this Sheila is actually a Gila. Oh, <laughs> no. no. He fucking, his eyes narrow. His face looks just like an angry Clint Eastwood. He goes over and he grabs this guy by the fucking balls. And he's just like, oi, you got fucking balls. And he runs away. Yeah. But like Paul Hogan was genuinely just befuddled by the whole situation. He left his hand out the whole time. He's like, oh, it was right there in my hand or whatever. <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't even do this in like an aggressive way or like like he's not trying to, I don't know, be a dick about it. It's just like cups check. Yep, that's a dick, all right. And like you said, Eric, his hands there wide open and he's got this look of shock and somebody high fives him. Yeah, I think it's the same dude that was like talking jive to him like four minutes ago. Oh, yeah, that that was honestly a pretty funny scene, too, because you got these two guys both technically speaking English, neither one of them understanding a thing the other's saying. Oh, that's actually a way better explanation than what I thought it was. I just thought it was just like, how much out of water can this fish be? Let's just Mm -hmm. put him in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the other guy, the uh, the jive talking fella, I think he was as, as much confused by what Paul Hogan was saying as vice versa. Yeah, it was a slang exchange. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice. But, you know, Dundee's had enough. He and his cabbie buddy's like, ah, we drank too much. Let's skedaddle. And, like, on the way to finding his cab, like, he runs into a couple of ladies of the night. And they're just like, hey, man, want some puss? And he's just like, ladies, ladies, I'm new in town. <laughs> yes. Then, then your first one might be free. <laughs> well, it, like, the, the charm kicks in, right? Because, like, he's mm-hmm. not used to this whole exchange, of course. Mm-hmm. And, like, then they're like, wait a minute, I read about you. You're Mick fucking Big Dick Dundee. Like, dude, like, you're a fucking hero or whatever. It's like, oh, I don't know. I just fucking suck my dick or something. I don't know. <laughs> but the, their pimp pops up out of nowhere and is like, hey, y'all gonna talk all night or you gonna fuck? He's just like, sorry, don't use that language in front of the ladies. I'm gonna knock you out. Dude rolled up was like, tunnel snakes rule and gets decked. That's the whole scene. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was just like. Oi, beat it! And he's like, these are my bitches. Boom! Okay, so I'm a little confused about the next, like, 30 seconds. Because Cabby rolls up, right, to sort of get him out of here. Yeah. But we have Paul Hogan actually driving, right? Crocodile Dundee, whatever, driving. No, you're right, but the whole thing is there just to show, like, how out of touch he is. He's like, oi, in one of the so many accidents, the steering wheel's on the wrong side. I'm just like, okay, solid joke, movie. I'll give you that. You didn't have to show me Paul Hogan in real time trying to get in the fucking car. <laughs> yeah, the line that I really like is, get on the right side of the road, you pelican. Yeah, pelican. Pe- you pelican. I don't know what that means. Is that slang in Australian? Well, it's definitely going to wander into my vernacular from now on. So, kudos to the movie. So the next day, once all this is settled, he's, you know, at the hotel room having a nice bath. Probably hasn't had one in a couple of months, so it's a good time for him. And fucking uh, proto-Virginia Madsen comes in, maybe trying to catch a peek. I'm not actually sure. You have that maid, and she's like, oh, you know, Mr. Mick, you know, I'm so sorry, or whatever. Like, I have your towels. I was like, just leave them on the bed or whatever. Just don't look at my dick. 
And like fucking Virginia Madsen comes in trying to pretend to be the maid and do that whole sexy leg thing at the door frame. Mm-hmm. And Mick picks up his hat, covers his crotch. <laughs> He's like, please don't come in. And then, you know, she reveals it to her. He's like, oh, okay, you can fucking take a look at the old hog. You know, <laughs> takes that right the fuck back off. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, you can see me, crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And it's, again, one of those, like, charming little moments to where, oh, yay, they're so cute. And he has to get ready to go to this party. And it's more fish out of water. Of but course. There's yeah. a fucking scene where he gets introduced to i guess cocaine and this fellow's in there snorting it and he thinks that he's trying to fucking clear his sinuses dumps all the cocaine in there mixes in some water and it's like a neti pot he puts a fucking towel over his head and goes hey you gotta get your face down in that one like fuck, dude. now is this is this just a brand new guy or is that her boyfriend again that was Generic a brand new 80s fella. guy yeah yeah brand new guy that's a brand new guy all right and you can definitely tell this is like the 1980s because he's doing these like solid lines of coke in like Virginia, whatever the fucker, Shayler. She's watching Nick do this and he's like, she's like, teehee, you just wasted like a thousand dollars of coke. And he's just like, oh, what, what, Australia. What's, yes. What's cocaine though? What? It's a drug. It gets you high. What's that mean? As he sips on a martini. Well, I've never been high. I've been out back. And then audience laughter. <laughs> Yes, it was just a lot of that. This scene party is very, very flat. Yeah. And 100% yeah. could have been left out of the movie and still got the same point across, which was, hey, Mick, we're showing you off. Look how cool you are. Yeah. Look, it's my dad. That was it. That's, oh, man. Can we talk about the dad for a second? Because, like, the movie kind of, like, oddly lets the audience know that he owns the newspaper that's who Sheeler works for. That's how she has all this money and stuff. But, like, the way they act with each other, they don't feel like father-daughter. Like, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, She's, like, chilling in the office with, like, um, fucking 80s McGee. He comes in, he's like, hey, Sheeler. Oh, he's not Australian. Hey, Sheeler. <laughs> you know, like, uh, she's the biggest catch in town. Ha-ha. I'm your boss. But then, like, they have, like, a hug? And it's, like, that's not, like, a papa hug. That's, like, a daddy hug, you know? It's fucking... Well, yes, daddy. D-A-D-D-Y, all caps. Oh, yeah, you can read it on her choker. Bingo. Sugar <laughs> is his first name. <laughs> I mean, Gross. maybe we don't we don't know her lineage. It could be a sugar daddy. You know, no judgment. But this movie has, the entire time, had this underlying B-plot of the love triangle. And it's fucking awkward because the one guy, there's nothing really wrong with him. He's not the manliest dude. Uh, but he apparently treats her right. He's just drunk and jealous of this guy that she brought home who's punched him in the face <laughs> and is now stealing yeah. his woman. So I think his biggest con was like, like he spoke to her like a customer service representative and not like a loved one. Mm. He's like, excuse Fair. me, madam, please remove yourself. I must vomit outside the car. And I'm just like, hmm, no hun, no babe, no nothing. I mean, he does kind of propose to her. Like, he says, like, something along the lines of, like, I want to make you my wife and puts a ring on her finger. At no point does she say yes or anything like that, but she looks happy. And then she does the most unorthodox thing. She takes the ring and just eats it. Mm. (laughs) Like a crocodile. End of the movie. (laughs) Just credits. (laughs) Oh, man. By the way, did we mention there's a woman at this party who has a very unfortunately designed dress? I don't know what the plan was for this dress. Oh, the poop dress? The poop dress. Yeah, Dude. it, it yeah, just I... focuses on the back of this dress, and if you look at it, it says poop. I had to send it to you guys in the little chat we got because I was laughing my ass off. Like, just simply enough, like, the dress is just like the alphabet, whatever, that's the pattern. But, like, as it goes down, it wraps around and it changes the letter. And so you have, like, P-O-O-O-O-O-P clearly on her ass. I'm just like, there's no way that this is not intentional. This is this has Paul Hogan written all over it. Hey, what if we put poop on her bum? That'd be right cheeky. It's, it's funny, because that's where poop comes from, eh? Clever girl. We reference bidets, too, eh? <laughs> that's the whole reason this movie exists. Just those Holy two shit. poop yeah, jokes. He's fixing her butt. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he's a dude. Yeah. Oh. Paul, in parentheses, ass man Hogan. 
<laughs> let me let me show you my brown snake. You got crocodong D. <laughs> Just D. <laughs> but uh, this depresses Mick. He decides he's going to get some booze and go looking for a fight. And he finds one in some back alley where he gets into it with Le Pimp and his two stooges. Oh, yeah, the same Man. pimp from before. And just like a couple of buddies of his are just like, hey, we lured you back in with our whores. Now we're going <laughs> to get you. I know movies like this have to have like a moment of weakness for the character. I think that's what they're trying to do. Because, you know, three against one. How can Mick do it? Oh, you're telling me he immediately dispatched the first guy and now it's more even than ever? I don't know. It doesn't matter. What does matter is Carl fucking Winslow has a limo that he's going to use. And, like, as he plows through these fucking jobbers, I was just like, dude, that's vehicular manslaughter, brother. <laughs> what What do you want me to do? Arrest myself? To shoot a doo bop a doo Failing matters. <laughs> oh, he fucking hits him and then throws the boomerang and it sticks in the guy's head. And he's like, did I do Did that? I... That's yes. That's exactly and... the path of like brainwave that I was on. I for... we forgot about the scene where they're walking. Uh, this is before the big party at Daddy's house. The... There's a scene where he and the lady are walking, just you know, having a stroll at night. There's a guy that's like, "Hey, can I get a light? And how about your wallet?" And she's oh, yeah. all she's all scared. Oh, he's got a knife. This is a classic. This is like the classic line from this movie, right? Paul Hogan has the look on his face like, Oi, who's this fella? Is this that Mick Jackson, eh? And then, like, you know, he's celebrity <laughs> starstruck. It's like, hey, this is, a, this is a show. Yeah, this is one of those guys that, you know, they're like mimes or something in front of Times Square. You know, I heard about these guys. They're, they're great. But then there's a hard pause. And he's like, wait a minute, fella. I hate mimes. And starts cutting them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dices him up. And I love that his knife is so fucking sharp that they show him just in like a C car, just a little like that. And it cuts all the way up his leather jacket and all the way down the sleeve. But the line, we're going to give it to you because we can't just, you know, we can't give you that, that blue balls like that. I got you the drum roll, Chan, man. That's not a knife. This is a knife. There you go. And he pulls out his crocodile dong D. It's where does he keep this thing? It's huge. <laughs> That's what she said, mate. He's got no. a I've got a holster for me knife and I got a holster for me wife. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that laugh, Chandler? <laughs> <laughs> I still have so much well, he, fosters left. He's depressed and he's gonna go gone walk about, which means She's never going to find him again because he's just going to turn to Forrest Gump and start running. She finds out that he's two blocks away in a subway and she runs there like the Dickens. And you oh get God. the cutest fucking end scene. I guess. Is it? I thought it was adorable. Yes. I will yeah, stand it's, by it's this. Cute. It's definitely like 80s schmaltz, you know, like uh -huh. 80s romantic yeah. comedy kind of thing. And like, I didn't, that didn't bother me. It was actually kind of cute. Like you said, I kind of feel like there's a missed opportunity. That, like, you know, the bellhop's just like, ah, you know, Subway's just two blocks away. And Mick's like, hey, thank you. And then, like, you know, we assume he's headed towards the metro. But I kind of hoped when they cut to him approaching the subway, he just, like, walks right in the sandwich place. <laughs> Even better. He finds that whore that he's already met twice. And he's like, I'll take that free one. <laughs> he's just in an alley banging her. <laughs> he just uses his fucking coupon. Third time's yeah, a charm, man. Yeah, it in. Gotta use it before he's out of town. Yeah, so you're right. This is the end of the movie. This is the last scene. You know, they finally meet up in the in the subway platform, and it's super packed, super crowded. She can't get to him. This is some sleepless in Seattle bullshit. <laughs> but it also drills in the fact that this is, like, episode two of that series. Mm -hmm. Because he runs into her arms, they hug, he has a big old leathery smile, and it just cuts the credits. It just fades the fucking black. I'm like, how do you fucking end a movie right at the crescendo yeah yeah that's exactly the way it ha like just as you described there is no like resolution there it's just like they meet up they kiss everything's happy she's not gonna marry the 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 guy that she was dating you guys didn't stick around for the mid-credits stinger well did sam jackson finally try to employ him again 
No, no, no. It it cuts to like uh, ten years in the future, and it shows Mick kind of with a little fat belly sitting next to the cabbie guy in their recliners eating television dinners while he yells at old girl to bring him more fosters. Like there's two kids <laughs> running around. Is is that real? I can't tell if that's I real. I to be. <laughs> All right, so Brady is a fucking liar. I kind of <laughs> wanted it to happen though. I kind of like one of them to get together, and then like they just turn out like that trashy family down the street. Oh, 100%, because he can stop smoozing once he's got her. So, you guys, this means that we've got to do Crocodile Dundee 2 now, because i got to see where this goes. Ah, uh, yes, the sacred duology. As long as it never goes to Crocodile Dundee 3. Yeah, there's a third one, too, and it's uh, it's set here, evidently. So, maybe we'll get to that, too. Give it a couple years. Yeah, leave it in the comments below. You want to see us, uh, I don't know, do more movies. <laughs> Do the movies. If you'd like to see Crocodile Dundee 2, hit that like button. If you'd like to see Crocodile Dundee, Crocodile in Los Angeles, or whatever the fuck <laughs> it's called, leave that one in the comments. It's called Crocodile Dundee 3. Oh, it's not, but man. I don't believe should you. should have. <laughs> oh. All right, so at the end of everything, I don't remember this movie being so boring. I, like, I had yeah. way more fun. Way more fun just hacking on it, goofing on it, than I was watching it. Because there's so much filler. It's almost like there wasn't enough movie. And they're like, man, that was a good, I don't know, hour? What else are we going to do? Well, what if Mick talked to some rich people for five minutes and it goes nowhere? Okay. That's an hour five. What else we got? Other than that, there are some blips of genius, some brilliance. Specifically from Paul Hogan, because he is charming. The movie's just not well written for him, I think. Maybe it's different in the second one. I don't know. Leave in the comment section below if you want us to see it. But there's just there's just not enough. There's just not enough. Man, you're spot on. Like, I know this is like a well-known, kind of revered movie. Super big from the 80s into the 90s. Like, it's a part of pop culture. This movie's not good. Like, it's not bad. There are some quips in here. Some lines thrown out here or there that are good. They're fun. They're catchy. They live on. But... As a as a total movie, this isn't good. I really do think it would be better as a just like a TV series. You'd get to spread that out a little bit, get these characters a little bit more life. But as it is, nah. You think they gave us like two thirds of a movie, and and like the last bit is like extra DLC? I think they gave us like half of a movie, and I don't know. I want more, but there's also just like too much that doesn't need to be here. To me, it was like the pilot of Mad About You, except for instead of him being a film producer, he was just Crocodile Dundee. You swap Paul Reiser for Paul Hogan, and you got a show. I could okay. smell you, Hunt. <laughs> oh, no. I still love this movie. I find it very charming. Paul Hogan and the old girl are perfect on screen. And... For what it is, and by what it is, I mean a background movie. This isn't a sit-down-and-pay-attention-to movie. This is, I'm doing the dishes, or I got company, or the kids are playing. I just need some noise to help me not go nuts. This is top ten. I'm doing something else. If I'm lucky, I'll look up and see one of the the scenes that makes me laugh. Yeah, I'll lock onto the side boob and then go do something and then come back in time for the stab. Come back in time for when uh, Paul Hogan's shirt's off. Oh, God, yes. I mean, what? <laughs> well, there you have it. That was Crocodile Dundee. If you have any strong feelings about the movie or the show, make sure you leave it in the comment section below. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons. Bash that bell icon so you know next time we've got another one of these brewing. Get out there and follow us on social media. we got all sorts of it. we got Instagram. we got Facebook. we got Twitter. we got Reddit. we got YouTube. we got Apple Podcasts. we got Spotify. There's no reason you guys cannot find us and absorb us into your fucking brainwaves. Just the way that Paul Hogan uses his hands to force the brainwaves of those animals to chill the fuck out. Now did you redo it? Yeah.